This is Joshua, the Filthy Minister. And we are back in our office in Texarkana, the office of our home. And we are excited to be here again with you tonight. It has been a long journey to get to the second episode. <laughs> yes, it has. We have learned, folks, that recording a podcast is not as easy as we thought. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because if you're in a bad mood or you're having an argument. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> what do you mean, bad mood? Excuse me. Oh. Well, I mean... No, I'm messing around. We actually were. We've been in a bad mood more days than we've been in a good mood, it seems like here lately. It's just been a rough week. And so it's been hard to get on here and talk about, you know, filth and being real. And really what we wanted to say probably wasn't appropriate to record. <laughs> that's probably, that's going to be one of the hardest things about this, sweets. You know, that is, is going to be real. You know, getting real and being honest. I mean, this show or this show, this podcast is called the Filthy Minister Podcast. So the Filthy Minister and his bride, his wife. And yeah. so, I mean, that in and of itself is going to be a challenge for us. Yeah. I mean, we've been, we've talked about that a lot. So tonight we're going to go into the question of why filthy? And we have posted a couple of comments out on our uh, little Facebook page. Facebook page. We posted some comments out there and asked you, what do you think when you hear the word filthy? And then also, what do you think when you hear the term minister? And what about when you put them together? So tonight we're going to cover just a, a short little bit of why filthy and why the Lord really put the filthy minister and his wife um, on our hearts to do this. You know, it's interesting. Is it okay if I read just a few of the remarks about filthy that we got back? Yeah. Uh, one of them we got from uh, one of our listeners that says, uh, unclean, not worthy, undeserving. She wrote, as humans, not even Christians, it is ingrained in us that we are dirty and not worth anything. The reality is that we are dirty. That's the truth of the matter. And uh, somebody else gave us this feedback, dirty or nasty, it could be just not clean. It could be immoral, bad thoughts, bad language. You know, and then somebody else wrote, dirt, dust, hosing it all off after I mow and seeing a mudslide flow away. <laughs> you know, that kind of filth. And then we got a really good illustration, if anybody remembers 2020, but we're going to save that for our episode on hiding next week. But somebody else also mentioned obscene, inappropriate, and right. then we got that word immoral again. Mm -hmm. Filthy implies, it, it's not just dirty. It's not just... It take, seems to take everything up a notch. Right. It's, it's more, more than intense. your daily shower. It's more than, oh, I, I need to take a shower. I'm, I'm filthy. It's not like that. It's more like my boys that haven't taken a shower in a week during the summertime because they're out of routine and nobody has like <laughs> been on their little booties to get them in the shower. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is that smell? <laughs> yeah. That's filthy. Yeah. <laughs> and because of that, looking at the text in Zechariah 3, we mentioned that last week, and we're going to touch on it more. If you go to the website, there's a page. If you, you go to the homepage, it says, Why Filthy? You can click on that link on the homepage, and you, it'll take you there to Zechariah and some points that we've, that we've put out there for people to understand this, this issue of filth. The word for filthy there is only used twice in all of the Scripture. 
we're not talking about dirt. The word means soiled, related to excrement. I mean, it, it's it's a pretty nasty word uh, with a pretty pretty nasty, pretty filthy definition. Well, and you're talking about a scripture where you have Joshua standing there, Joshua the high priest, before the angel of the Lord and Satan. I mean, this is a pretty intense situation. Well, and it's interesting because as a high priest, he's serving in the highest position that a man can serve in at this point in history here. And he's defined as filthy, being in filthy garments. And there's no record there that he did anything necessarily to be in this state of filth. So you let know, me read. And Satan's right there beside him to accuse him. To let make me sure read the scripture know. just so everybody that hasn't read it or doesn't have a Bible right now can understand where we're coming from. So Zechariah chapter 3, starting in verse 1, says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? I mean, right there, the Lord is acknowledging. Yes, he's a burning stick. He's on fire. He is deserving of punishment. That's what that is right there. But he's snatched from the fire. And then verse three, now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes and put clean garments. on." Then him. he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. And all of those verses right there, verses one through four, you have Satan accusing Joshua and the Lord standing before him and says, take off his filthy clothes. Never once do you see in that situation Joshua defending himself or the Lord saying, no, he's not filthy. Because Joshua had no defense to make. He was filthy. He was in filthy garments. And what Satan was saying was true. Was true. That's exactly right. But what Satan was not recognizing was that the Lord is supreme and he's the one that snatched Joshua from the fire, Amen. the one that he's going to remove filthy clothes from and put clean clothes on. I told you whenever we started this podcast that you were going to have to interject if I got to preaching. And you're about to get to preaching, woman. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just think it's amazing, though, that in this scripture, not once does he give a defense for himself. What I'm reminded of in this scripture is the fact that Yes, the Lord takes off his filthy clothes. The Lord replaces his filthy clothes with clean, fine garments and takes away his sin. But so many people want to fast forward to that part and they don't want to deal with life. Acknowledge the filth that they're standing in and they have no defense. They want to go straight to the cleanliness. They want to go straight to what the Lord has done for them. What the Lord has done for me, what the Lord has done for you, what he is doing. But the reality is, to understand this, we have to go across the Testaments. There's going to come a day that we're going to have those clean garments, yes. You know, that sin is going to be gone from the land. The reality is, is that today, we still have to navigate life with a sin nature. There is none righteous, no, not one, for all of sin have fallen short of the glory of God. And we still have to understand this and interpret this in light of where we currently are. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say is, you know, people want to fast forward to the clean part and they fail to realize that we are still trying to navigate life every day 
with this filth that is not going to go away. It is slowly going away as we're sanctified. Well, and they're missing. But we're not. But it's not gone. We're missing such an important part of the relationship when we fast forward. When you are in a place where you realize just how filthy you are and there's absolutely nothing that you can do on your own to make yourself clean. Nothing you can say. You can't fix it. You can't justify it. There's nothing. You can't excuse it. You are stuck in the middle of it. And it's hopeless. And then the Lord himself comes into your life. And comes into your situation. And he, first of all, he's there with you. He's right there next to you as your accuser is accusing you. And he he does what only he can do. Only he can do. He's the only one that can address the sin and eradicate the sin. But you have to stand there. You have to be in the midst of that. And nobody likes that feeling. It's a very uncomfortable feeling to feel hopeless. Like you have no answer. Like you can't say anything. You can't do anything. You cannot fix this. But God can and is. And when he comes into that situation, just that peace that surrounds you in the midst of suffering, there's nothing like it. To know that the Lord is with you in the very midst of your suffering. And in your filth. There's nothing like it. But we want to fast forward past that because we don't like that feeling. I mean, because the scripture also says that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. Okay, so now let's take this situation, what we've just talked about in the Scripture, and let's look at what's actually happening in the church. We've got Christians going to the church that don't feel comfortable being real. We have ministers out there that aren't comfortable being real. We have people walking around in costumes because because if somebody finds out about their filth, they're going to judge them. You know, because what I mean, what do we do? What, what is the church doing with filth? What, what are congregations doing with filth? Here's what I've observed, and it's happening more often than we want to admit, and we've also lived through it in our own lives in recent months. Here's what people in their flesh want to do with filth. We want to punish filth. We want to condemn filth. We want to eradicate filth. And we actually, we're trying to deal with filth in filthy ways. And it's a problem. Yeah, we don't want it in the church. We don't, we don't want the church to look that way. We don't want the church to be associated with those things, those issues, those problems. And so if you have those, don't talk about them. Don't bring them up. Those people can go to a different church of a different class or standard or where they're comfortable with it maybe. But we're, we're not here. At this church in this body, and when I'm saying that, I'm speaking across the board in, in all churches for the most part, there's a standard of cleanliness. And that standard of cleanliness it gives way for little things. But if you start getting into the deeper, broader issues of sin that are less acceptable, mm, we can't go there. I mean, how many times have you been in a church and your pastor has said the word pornography and the whole room kind of goes, <gasps> There are certain things that we just can't bring ourselves to talk about. I'm not saying it happens everywhere. 
but there's a standard. And so the body itself has to look a certain way, sound a certain way, appear a certain way. And then it further goes up the ladder, exaggerates itself when you come to the minister of that body. That minister, I mean, it's a glass house. He's held to, I mean, take the standard that everybody else operates within and then multiply it a hundred times. I mean, he's and not to become a victim of any kind of situation. And we're not we're not speaking right. to a, a victimization of a minister's family or what that looks like. But just simply that there's no room for error. Instead of loving your minister through sin, instead of loving your minister through struggles or through a life that we're all living, we're all people, instead of loving and encouraging and getting in the word and praying and lifting them up, it becomes an opportunity to condemn, to say, you're not good enough. Let's let you fall off that. Well, we just throw you off the cliff. I mean, it's, it's, it's what we're going to eradicate the problem. We're going to eliminate the problem. Because our church must look like this. And we're going to get into that more next week when we talk about hiding. Anyway, so this matter of filth is something that, you know, ho- hopefully what you've gotten from this podcast is that it is something uh, that's real. It is an issue. Uh, I hope the Lord's given you something you can chew on and be nourished with as we've had this conversation with you in Zechariah 3. So what's a good example, a funny example of filthiness? <laughs> I'll, you know what? I, I'm going to give what I think is a... Or you know what? You may say that, no, that's not filthy enough. When we first started going out, my... My wife, when when I would sit down to eat, I ate. We were at a restaurant, and we let's say it was a Mexican restaurant. I'm able to drop a little bit of hot sauce on the menu. I'm able to uh, leave a little bit of shredded cheese and lettuce for my taco on the side of my plate. My straw wrapper is, is sitting there, my napkin. I would go out with my wife, and she, I'd look over across the table, first started going out, and she's sitting over there, and as she's eating, she's cleaning, and I'm just sitting there making this huge mess. And... And next thing you know, she's reaching over and she's cleaning up my mess. And I'm like, what are you doing? Now, is that the kind of filth we're talking about? Is that is that filthy enough? Well, it's, I mean, it's pretty gross to sit across from somebody eating like that. I've gotten better. But now we have three boys that do the same thing. And it's disgusting. You get up from the table after you're leaving a restaurant and you look under the table on their <laughs> side and you're like, oh my gosh, now I really need to leave like an even bigger tip because they're going to have to get down there and clean up all that. Or or at some points I would get down there and clean it myself because it's so gross. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> well, we are so excited about this journey that we're on and that we're going to take with you guys. This is just the beginning we're just worming our way in it's so small the surface that we've covered um but we we hope that you'll stick with us and that you will comment and share your ideas and your experiences and your observations about how you've seen this happen in the church and we we don't want to condemn the church that's not what this is about at all we want just bring awareness to the situation hopefully the lord can open up your eyes if you're listening uh, open up your ears and and allow you just to take something in and say, am I hiding? Am I trying to cover up my filth? Or am I going to the Lord so that he can bring healing and help me grow and help others grow? Hopefully you'll be getting something like that and, from this. And you know what? Before we totally wrap it up, let me just share something that happened. I remember several years ago when we were pastoring in the Metroplex. And I remember, I think it was Isaiah 64 talking about our works being filthy rags and 
and us being filthy. I remember using that word filthy that day. And I remember a couple of folks coming up to me after the service was over and uh, they were, they were offended. I made the remark that everyone in there was that we were all filthy people and they had a real issue with that. And I believe that is where we are today. We are filthy. But do we really understand what that means? Do we understand the depth of that as it relates to the heart of the believer? And until we are willing to acknowledge that, until we are willing to have an honest conversation about it, it's going to be hard for us to really see the power of God working in us in ways to clean our hearts and sanctify us to where we can have the kind of environment in, in a church that is nurturing, an environment in church you know, where, where we are caring for everyone, especially the minister. Let me tell you something, folks. We need to be loving one another and caring for one another, restoring one another, looking out for one another. And if we can just get honest about our filth, we'll stand a better chance of doing that. Sanctification. Sanctification, the process to becoming like Christ. Don't run from your filth, folks. And everybody have a good night. Love you guys. Bye. See you.